Hey everyone! To help spread the word of positive inner beauty, I invite you to please subscribe, rate, five stars would be lovely, and leave a review on Hello Beauty. This makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Thanks and enjoy this episode. Really being able to quiet yourself and quiet those voices that are always so negative that are built inside us and really focusing more on those positive messages that you hear. Because having your own brand, you are on this roller coaster of going up and down all the time. And it's, you know, so many times I hear so many people who are so positive about my brand and then I hear the one negative and that's what you sort of focus on. So being able to sort of reverse that mentality and reverse um, the negativity and just focus more on the positive. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hey there, Joyce Platon here, and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Tyla Abbott. She's the founder of Aether Beauty. Aether Beauty is an ethically and sustainably sourced crystal-infused makeup line that is vegan, cruelty-free, and organic. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Tyla. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This has been like so many back and forth, but finally we're doing it. Yes. It just took a matter of me getting down to LA, so uh -huh. I've been a little busy. I know. It's a crazy, but thank you so much for like just sparing like a little moment with us today. Of course. I, I appreciate being on. Uh huh. So I understand you have, you've really done the ropes in the beauty industry mm -hmm. and even like the fact that you've worked with Sephora for seven years you know, for the makeup and accessories department. Talk to me about the situation wherein you were inspired to start Aether Beauty. Yeah. So, um, I was the head of product development for Sephora for their mm -hmm. private label brand, Sephora Collection, in charge of their collaboration. Mm -hmm. So all the makeup, formula, packaging, and then accessories. Um, and just after a while, I just started to have a disconnect with living an organic lifestyle and formulating conventional cosmetics. So I've been a vegetarian for over 26 years. I worked as an organic cooking college. Mm -hmm. I got an organic couch made because I'm terrified of fire retardants oh and like God. crazy stuff like that. And I'm also a mom and pretty conscious about the stuff I purchase. And so kind of to make myself feel better, I volunteered there and became their head of research and development for sustainability on top of my day-to-day -day role um, and really started looking at the packaging issue in cosmetics especially. Um, and I visited a ton of recycling facilities and I talked to packaging engineers and really learned that the majority of packaging for especially color cosmetics just does not get recycled. Um, and then on top of it, Sephora was ideating their clean category. And so they pulled me in because they knew I had tried the majority of the products in the clean um, category. And all these third-party brands were coming to present as potential for Sephora to bring in. And I had never been so bored at meetings at Sephora. So you're used to seeing like formula, innovation, colors, and trends and being so inspiring. And it was just very behind the industry. It was very um, lackluster when it came to colors and trends, and I knew I could do better. Mm -hmm. So it sort of spawned the idea of 
potentially launching my own brand. Mm. So um, I started to really look at the space and saw that the majority of the founders in the clean color cosmetic space did not come from beauty, did basically like a lot of them founded their own business after they had a baby or had skin issues and start peeling away the onion and learning how um, toxic the industry was and they would launch a brand, which more power to them. But I had seven years of product development under my belt, learning from some of the best developers and merchants in the business. And when you work for a retailer, you also get this macro lens of what's going and popular and winning and not winning across all these brands instead of working from one brand in a silo and learning what works for that particular client, you know what the Sephora girl is looking for. Mm -hmm. And so we used to, every time we launched something, we would just watch the ratings and reviews come in because people do not hold back in this space Uh, whatsoever. (laughs) And it really teaches you exactly what the client is looking for Uh and you had to be able to develop product for them. Um, So I had that sort of lens and then taking it to the clean lens And also being part of Sephora, um, you're used to not formulating with certain ingredients. So I was used to swapping out ingredients for over seven years. So I kind of took that lens into the clean space and just realized I could do better. Yeah. Um, And then there was a lot of negativity in the clean beauty space, like know this, know that, you know, if you don't use clean beauty, you're going to die of cancer, basically, because all these toxins are terrible sort of thing. And I really wanted to take a positive spin on this space. You have to talk about, you know, the ingredients you're not including into your products to educate the client. But unfortunately, it just comes with a lot of guilt. It comes with a lot of, you know, negative talk. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to create a positive spin. So the hashtag for the brand is um, Good Vibes Beauty. Oh, I love that. But that's why I also started to incorporate crystals and all mm. the formulations. Um, a, because of the skincare benefits that you're actually getting from the product. But then you get the duality and the spiritual side of yeah. all of the crystal infusions. So um, for me, makeup is such a powerful tool for women and men um, to, you know, it's very transformative and it just gives like instant self-esteem and for letting people go out into their day and do what they need to do. Yeah. No, I love that. When did you start Aether Beauty? Like 2018? Yeah. So I left Sephora in April 2018 and I launched the brand in June 2018 on the summer solstice. So it was very fast. But so when you were in Sephora, you were already working on it. Not really. It was more um, concepting concepting mm-hmm. pieces of it. Um, and I started with one product. So I am completely self-funded. Oh, I am wow. the only employee, all those yeah. good things. Um, but in order to really sort of own it and do it myself, I can, o- I can only really launch one product at a time. So I started with eyeshadow palettes um, because A, they were the fastest to bring to market, um, but B, because they were paper. So everything about my brand is completely recyclable. Yeah. And that was the packaging for me was just as important as the formulation, mm-hmm. um, as well as ethically sourcing ingredients. So yes. everything about the brand is child labor free. Um, I source organic and support fair trade businesses too. But um, in the in my experience at Sephora, um, you know, I really learned about all the different packaging elements and what ended up um, 
learning what's not recyclable. Yes. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in that actually. Yeah. So, what exactly is non-recyclable? Like, you know, part of the packaging. Totally. So, in general, you know, if you think of color cosmetics, they are these harder plastics. Mm -hmm. And so, harder plastics, there's not a huge secondary market for it. So, recycling is a business, mm -hmm. right? So. Anyone who gathers the recycled goods and resells it, it's another business that they're doing. So these harder plastics, there's not a large secondary market, so maybe buying them. So even though something says a recycle number on it, like mm -hmm. one through seven, the higher the number is, the less likely it's getting recycled. Oh, wow. Number seven just means it's mixed materials. And mixed materials don't get recycled at all. But our system is so, our infrastructure is so messed up that there's a number on there. So people think something is psychologically getting recycled or like oh, wish cycling sort of thing. Yeah. But um, so besides them using these harder plastics, they're also mixed with different things. So mirrors and magnets are completely unrecyclable. Wow. So if you think of all those palettes, yeah. all those lipsticks with magnets, everything, um, and the ingredients that are used to create a magnet are only mined in like four mines in the world. And they're with horrible, treacherous human conditions. Oh, gosh. And also the, um, in order to create a magnet, creates a ton of pollution and waste in the water streams that I was just like, you know what, I just don't oh, want that God. ingredient at all. Because I was looking at the ingredients for packaging kind of like an ingredient for your formula. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I have kids and I didn't want to create anything that would end up in a landfill that somehow their their generation would have to figure out how to fix and fix our environment. So I wanted to take that landscape and into every product I design. So I launched with paper pellets first because paper is faster to produce. Mm -hmm. But so I removed the mirrors, I removed the magnets. They're all FSC certified paper, which is kind of like fair trade. Um, when you cut down trees, they plant trees in the um, in place of them. And then it's printed with water-based soy inks. It's biodegradable films. Mm -hmm. And then there are aluminum pans that they're, the formula is filled in that you just pop out and recycle separately. Yeah. There are elastics on them now. So right here. Um, but basically, you cut it off at the end, and I always say to reuse it as a hair tie because as a mom, I'm always yeah, putting my hair up and losing yeah. my hair ties. So it's just a little um, design feature instead of having to use magnets in its place. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, was it more difficult to make it more ethically, sustainably sourced, like the packaging compared to the conventional, you know, plastic that we see mostly so is it more expensive and harder to source it's always more expensive mm -hmm. so um reinventing a paper palette is not like reinventing the the wheel so i didn't you know there's nothing patentable yeah. about this sort of stuff but i was just thinking about it differently mm -hmm. um and when i worked at sephora i worked with a ton of sephora pro makeup artists and they were always complaining when we put these mirrors into these palettes oh my God, yes. and they were like we travel all the time these things break they're heavy i'm sick of dragging these with me they're like stop putting the mirrors in so that was mm -hmm. kind of my aha moment when I was at this recycling facility and learned that mirrors aren't recyclable. I'm like, oh my God, they complain about them anyway. So why don't yeah. I just take them out? Because we're going to use it exactly. in front of a mirror anyway. Like I was never using the actual mirror. Um, so when you're, when you're sourcing organic ingredients, 
when you're sourcing certified like paper, that stuff is more expensive. Um, but that stuff wasn't hard to figure out. What is hard are other formulations like liquids, things like pumps. Pumps are not recyclable at all because they're mixed materials. So like a pump on a foundation. Uh, um, mm. If you think about a liquid lip component, they're all different plastics mixed together. Mm -hmm. So even in the cap, the stem and the applicator yeah. and the wiper, all different pieces, all different plastics, all go into the landfill. Oh, God. So I actually launched the first 100% recycled plastic liquid lip component, mm -hmm. and it's 100% the same material. So it's the first fully recyclable and recycled um, lip component in the beauty industry. Oh, wow. So even these palettes are the first fully mm -hmm. um, recyclable palettes, fully zero waste. Yeah. And I didn't reinvent the wheel here, yes. which for me was just thinking differently uh -huh. that people, you know, now people, I just came from a trade show. So, yeah. you know, everywhere I go, everybody has the recyclable and like sustainable packaging. But two, three years ago, when I started asking the questions, everybody laughed at me and was like, oh, you can't do this. Oh, we did bamboo years ago. Oh, and I kept like pushing and asking and just kept finding the right people until I finally, you know, found the people that were doing stuff innovative in this space. And now, you know, everyone's on the bandwagon, which is great yes. because we need to be going in that direction. Um, here's a fun fact. Oh, tell me. <laughs> so every year there's 120 billion, with the B, units of cosmetic packaging produced annually. That's not getting recycled oh god it's it's scary it's crazy and just sad and just alarming and i don't know yeah <laughs> you know and like even um people don't know enough about packaging mm -hmm. and a lot of this packaging is like stock packaging yeah. off the shelf so many indie brands can't afford to create a mold molds are expensive they are like fifty thousand dollars to create something new in a different material so it's pretty cost prohibitive but it's really, you know, these larger brands um, that do have the resources and do have the infrastructure to invest in these sort of things. Um, I definitely feel like this will be the next sort of clean, the whole like sustainable packaging yeah. sort of concept, which is where the industry needs to go because it's been single use plastics for ever. And yeah, it's just, just like going beyond like just the term ethically sustainable totally. and sourced, you know, because not just where the ingredients are, but like what you said, the packaging, be mindful of like your carbon footprint and how things are delivered and transported. A hundred percent. So just really being conscious because for me, this is my brand. I'm the only one. I'm responsible for mm -hmm. this, you know. So I try to take the lens of um, how can I make something as eco-friendly as possible because no matter what you can always do something a little bit better too or you learn or you're changing like for instance the elastic for future palettes I've removed the elastic and created a different um, contraption for the palettes to close without it um, so I'm always constantly oh, learning and yeah. challenging myself too. So. Trying to like find a way to just have yes. like less. Exactly. You <laughs> know, like in your you push yourself yeah. a little bit more and you learn something new or there's a new innovative thing that might not have existed uh -huh. before. So um, I'm all about progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really sort of teaching everyone how to just look and be more conscious of these things. Yeah, I totally agree. No, yeah. I love that. So talk to me about Aether Beauty's mm -hmm. um, 
clean formulations that goes beyond clean, meaning yep. like goes beyond vegan, goes beyond cruelty free, mm -hmm. goes beyond organic. Yeah. So I know that in the US, compared to the European market, we are kind of just not as strict with our formulation and ingredients that we banned. Yeah, so it's basically in the US, it's up to brands to self-regulate. Mm -hmm. And um, the last time the laws have been changed were in 1938, um, and there's about 30 ingredients in all of beauty that you can't formulate with. Um, since 1938, there's been 16,000 ingredients and counting that wow. have been introduced in the cosmetic industry. Um, Canada bans 500 and the EU bans 1300. So I ban 1500 and counting. Oh, so wow. besides being clean, um, I'm also Leaping Bunny and PETA certified for both vegan and cruelty free and clean as a baseline. And then I do ethical sourcing. So organic, fair trade, child labor free. So um, the whole issue with mica has yes. been going on for years, which is really interesting to me that it's now bubbling up as a hot topic uh -huh. because this has been going on and known in the industry for years. Um, but for me, again, it was just something that I felt very strongly yeah. coming out and talking more about. Um, and there's not a lot of brands that do. Like people are like vegan, cruelty-free, and I'm always like, what about human cruelty-free? Yeah, no, I totally agree. <sighs> so why do you think that's the case when like it's kind of like – not not really ignored, but yeah. not included in the conversation. Well, I think the average client doesn't know what's mm. happening. And I don't think larger brands want to make a big deal out of it because it's very hard for brands to trace. And it's another added step for them to kind of work on. Well, 30% of the world's mica comes directly from child labor. So uh, it's yeah. mostly in India that this issue is uh, prevalent. And it's very hard to trace as a brand where your mica is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also, you know, these large brands have been purchasing from these um, places for years that it's not like they can just pull out because these people are still, this is their livelihood. Yeah. So there's the Responsible Mica Initiative. And there's lots of large, like I believe Lauder and LVMH and a bunch of uh, larger companies are part yeah. of it. Um, but they're going in and trying to change the laws and trying to teach these communities how to make money in other ways. Mm -hmm. So that stuff takes a long time. Um, so there's issues with that. I am so small as a brand, and I did not have to source my mica from those places. So I'm able to ethically source it from the US, mm -hmm. knowing that it's not coming with the side of something that I wouldn't want in my product. Um, but I do think, you know, it's been kind of hushed in the industry because people don't want to um, start talking about it because they could potentially be their own products or using mica with child labor. But again, it's not just such a black and white issue. Yeah. So um, but I do think, you know, it, it should people should be asking brands where their mica is coming from. So the other piece about it is that um, mica is a clean ingredient mm -hmm. and it's a substitute. So people use mica it's a base yeah. um, and it creates a lot of shimmer and all your eyeshadows and a base for any powder ingredient. And the alternative is talc. And talc isn't considered clean mm -hmm. because it naturally grows with asbestos. And so you can easily get 
get asbestos contamination, which is where you get um, like the Claire's outbreak that I don't know if you know, but they were called out twice, twice, not (laughs) once, but twice in their children's children's makeup products. So, um, so more people are using mica. Mm-hmm. So there's more production of it, which is essence in using more child labor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a lot of smaller brands don't have the manpower to audit f- factories or even know where their raw ingredients are coming from because you're buying it through formulation um, manufacturers. So. It's just a, it's just a fun, <laughs> a fun way of learning where all of your ingredient sourcing is coming from, and a lot of brands just ha- didn't even have that transparency before. Oh so, um, and I think sometimes it's all about just pumping out new products. Oh, especially these <laughs> days. So, yeah, the whole beauty industry has just turned into this crazy, Wild West. <laughs> yeah, growth, and every influencer and their mother coming mm-hmm. out with a new brand every other day. Um, which, Did that kind of hinder you from, you know, starting your own brand? I mean, if you realized that and saw that. And yeah, I mean, I'm not an influencer. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you're an influencer, yeah, but like, totally. you know, just the fact that maybe it's a quote unquote saturated market. It is a very saturated market. Um, but those sort of launches, those people are not looking at ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, you know, in five to 10 years, this whole clean trend won't even be a trend. I exactly. believe that. The majority of brands will be clean, but, you know, it's unfortunate because the majority of all these influencer brands are, you know, um, using cheap ingredients that people aren't even looking at. And the stuff, you know, people drop new palettes and they sell out instantly and people make billions of dollars. And I'm like, but there's Teflon in it. There's all these ingredients that besides the toxicity of it. We're actually drying out your skin. So talc, dimethicone, all these things dry um, your skin. And just for instance, with eyeshadows, the skin around your eye is so sensitive and it's so thin that basically um, when you're using conventional eyeshadows, you're actually aging your eyes faster. Um, And there's so much people are buying all these products that are manufactured in China um, and using ingredients that are substituted and cheapened um, that aren't really like skincare based. Mm -hmm. And if you use like a clean product, so for instance, my eyeshadow palettes, the formula is an organic coconut oil and shea butter base. Um, So you're getting all these added nutrients Mm -hmm. to your skin, um, which is what your, your color cosmetics should be. So, so many people are interested in clean skincare and so interested in the ingredients used in your skincare. Mm -hmm. But basically when you're adding these conventional color cosmetics on top, you're undoing exactly all the good stuff you're doing. So people really need to extend that lens into the color side of things because it's still sitting on your skin and still being absorbed. Um, And you still want to be able to add nutrients there instead of pulling out or um, drying your skin. Yeah, I totally agree. Speaking of like the benefits for your skin, talk to me about the benefits of crystals in your makeup or your skincare. Like for example, amethyst crystal. Yes. You know, for those people that are not well-versed in the crystals space, like what this amethyst does, for example, like do for your skin. Yeah. So the amethyst palette, it's actually one of my favorites. So um, amethyst is used 
for the duality. So you get the protect. So amethyst is one of the most protective stones out there. It repels negative energy. So it is perfect during Mercury retrograde, which we're about to go in starting <laughs> February 17th. Hooray. Oh, um, but it really is something that protects the wearer who's wearing it, which I'm wearing my amethyst today. Uh-huh. Um, it's so cute. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. Yay. Um, but amethyst actually helps with the antioxidant growth in your skin. Mm. Um, the rose quartz one that I first launched with, Rose quartz helps prevent wrinkles, redness, and fine lines. This palette here has rubies in it. Rubies naturally help prevent the absorption of pollution in your skin. How cool is that? Do you have all of these information and descriptions on your website? I do. Yes. Perfect. And then this is brand new. So this one's not launching. This is a sneak peek. This launches in April. It's the Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the Joshua Tree. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Desert matte palette. So people keep asking for um, a whole palette of my matte shades um, because mattes are extremely hard to formulate and clean. So they end up being really chalky. They Mm. don't blend well. Um, But this one's actually made with organic um, cannabis hemp seed oil. And then it's made with citrine. And citrine helps to regenerate the collagen in your skin. How cool is that? Then it's also this Uh, sunshine stone so they call it the happiness stone so it's all about positivity i love it so i love all the dualities that can come with it yeah so you're saying that it's easy it's for clean makeup it's easier to produce if it's kind of has a shimmer compared to the the matte formulations yes in general Mm -hmm. um so the just mattes end up being super chalky and white Mm -hmm. and they don't blend well they're very drying so it's very hard to get the moisture in with that formula um, and these are very breathable. They're very blendable. Um, they feel like butter. Butter. I <laughs> like love that. Butter. Yeah. So as a makeup artist, I'm all about, you know, color payoff. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, it is quite known that if something is clean and, you know, like not as like, I don't know, like the conventional type of makeup, it doesn't really transfer as well as, you know, like a makeup brand that is not as clean. Yeah. So how are you able to achieve this and make your color cosmetics very pigmented and, you know, nice to apply? Yes. Well, this is why I left my job because (laughs) I am a product developer and I know what the client is looking for in terms of payoff, in terms Mm -hmm. of longevity. Um, Feel free to touch and swipe um, those guys. But my products, all the formulas for the eyeshadows, all my products actually are rated five stars, even on Sephora, which is incredibly hard to do. So the average color conventional brand rating is a 4.2. If you take my brand out of clean, clean is a 3.8. Literally all my products are rated five stars because they last all day, even without a primer. They blend extremely well. They work on hooded lids. They work on greasy lids, which is why I left to do this, because I knew I could formulate better. For me, the efficacy was just number one. And then on top of it, then it's clean, then it's sustainable, then it's recyclable. Then I'm also a benefit corporation and I do 1% for the planet. So all the good things but literally, I'm a Sephora girl. I like color. I like payoff. Yeah. I like sparkle. I like fun. I get inspired. Mm-hmm. This might, I, yeah. And so I just wanted that in color clean cosmetics. And so that misconception that you can't get that anymore is why I left to do this. I love it. Yeah. 
the moment I put my fingers in the palate, I already felt that the butter. hydrating yeah. effect. Exactly. Of it. And not none of that like powdery feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I really like, one of my pet peeves is that when I am blending my eyeshadow with a blending brush, you could see like it somehow skips, quote unquote. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, why is my crease like skipping? It's not like just creating like a clean swoop on my eyelid. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, but this feels like it's really good. So. Yeah. And my highlighters too. So my highlighters oh, yeah. are all made with ethically sourced diamonds. And so for me, this is really mm-hmm. innovative because the new thing in conventional beauty is called a slurry. And that's what, you know, oh, the gosh. Natasha oh, Denona's, oh, you're fine. <laughs> that's a handmade sample. Oh, okay. So, okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> Um, but basically, you're getting this incredible crystal um, sparkle without a lot of filler. So you get yeah. like a really pretty glow um, without having that like all over shine sort of deal. Yeah. Or that like tacky glitter effect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Like, you know, it's just I love the glow effect. And I, I think it's one of those things that will just give you that subtle look. But that that you can actually wear on the yeah. during the daytime. Totally. Yeah. And um people are already calling it a clean Fenty, which is what, oh, you yeah. know, you know, I wanna be going after that conventional innovative space. Mm-hmm. So I wanna be innovative for beauty and then PS it's clean, PS it's all these things, and people just kind of fall more in love with the brand. But knowing that they don't have to give anything up anymore if they wanna be able to be more conscious about the ingredients they're putting on their skin. Yeah. Do you have any plans in venturing out into like foundation or like eyebrow product, whatnot? Yeah, so I am a product formulator, yes. right? So it's actually a problem that I keep formulating all these products. <laughs> um, but basically, I'm working on a whole 45 SKU color collection brand um, with a whole range of everything. So mascara, liner. Um, I just launched Liquid Lip. So that's currently exclusive with Sephora. But it's a full color liquid lip with the texture of a gloss. So it doesn't dry down matte at all. You actually keep the hydration in your lips. Um, And then I'm working on cheek palettes that are coming out soon as well as some fun things for holidays. So Mm. really building out a whole color brand. Yeah. How do you do it all by yourself? (laughs) What are your tips and tricks for those like other aspiring super women one you know yeah i mean uh, i always say that the best thing i ever did was work for other people first because Mm -hmm. you always make mistakes on their dime and then on top (laughs) of it yeah and then on top of it you get to learn and know who to work with learn what manufacturer to work with um what their pluses and minuses could be um and just sort of know exactly where you're going to be and what you need to do. But the one thing about being your own employee is that you know exactly where you've dropped the ball too. So um, if there's something that hasn't been done yet, you're very well aware of it. Um, there's only certain things that you can take on. So you have to take, you have to say no sometimes when you might not want to say no. Um, but yeah, I've, I've launched it all doors at Sephora. So I'm really proud of how deep Sephora is trying to go into clean, um, how they're really pushing their brands to be more, um, sustainable. They just launched their recycling program too. Mm. So I was actually a part of that concept before I left, but you can bring your empties back to Sephora. They're, they're testing it in like 
the Colorado area. Um, but then you get um, like a discount, I believe, on Sephora collection products. So it's cool that Sephora is really trying to um, make this sort of sustainable, um, clean concept um, expand beyond ingredients. Yeah. Um, and then I'm in Credo Beauty and Detox Market, so the big OGs when it comes to it. clean and how they're very much into transparency on ingredients. Um, but I'm also in Neiman Marcus, Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, so it's just been crazy. Um, but luckily, like, I only have a few products where I used to launch like 25, 30 SKUs a quarter. So this is actually not as crazy, although now I'm managing all the other aspects of the business as well. So I run my Instagram, I do my marketing, I do everything. Yeah, your images are beautiful. I love Thank I love you. the vibe. <laughs> yeah, just really trying to like you know, have some positivity to the space. Yeah. So I know you already have that relationship with Sephora to mm -hmm. begin with. For those people that don't have any relationship at all in like the beauty space and even these big retailers, like what maybe would you suggest or advise uh, for them to kind of approach these big retailers? Yeah, I think I wasn't, you know, I kept telling Sephora no at first because I was so, and I am so small. Um, so someone at my stage, I wouldn't recommend like a larger retailer without really knowing the ins of out ins and outs of what it really entails. And what um, is that meaning? Like to keep up with the demand? Yeah, I mean, just because you go into Sephora doesn't mean your brand's going to be successful. So really having the infrastructure and financial means to support your brand being in Sephora, to having education teams, to um, doing events and things like that. Because if you go into Sephora, for me you know, I'm such a small brand, not everybody even knows my brand is there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's worth working with smaller retailers at first to really understand what the client is liking, really getting um, to know that before sort of expanding. But I just had, I've worked with them for so long and I knew the ins and outs and I know mm -hmm. the majority of like what it takes. So, um, so it was a little bit easier for me to be able to make that leap. Um, but that's not really the norm. So I always, you know, the best, one of the best trade shows I have ever done is Indie Beauty Expo. Mm. Um, they were fantastic. They, they brought buyers left and right. Like if they really believe in your brand, they really get behind you, which I've worked my backgrounds in fashion design and I've done trade show after trade show after trade show. And I've never had a trade show with so much energy, um, wow. with people that literally brought people to your booth. Like I've never had that before. So they were pretty supportive with the with smaller indie brands, which is what I really like. And a lot of retailers shop that show. Um, so I think that's a good place to start for a smaller indie brand. Oh, yeah. No, those are great tips. Yeah. Yeah. So here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within? Yeah, so I'm a proponent for like work-life balance because <laughs> I have none right now. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, so really, you know, really being able to quiet yourself and quiet those voices that are always so negative that are built inside us and really focusing more on those positive messages that you hear because having your own brand you are on this roller coaster of going up and down all the time. And it's, you know, 
so many times I hear so many people who are so positive about my brand and then I hear the one negative and that's what you sort of focus on. So being able to sort of reverse that mentality and reverse um, the negativity and just focus more on the positive. No, that's beautiful. I mean, a lot of us too, we tend to like compare ourselves with other big mm-hmm. brands. So we need to put our blinders on and just focus on our like day to day. Yes. Because that could just be such a distraction. Totally. You know, so, like what you're saying, you're just like in your head by yourself. Especially working like, by yourself. Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have to remain mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. How do you like to relax? How do I like mm-hmm. to relax? If um, you do, because I know you're saying like, yeah, you're trying to I keep mean, in I mind the, the work-life balance. Oh, yeah. I love acupuncture. Acupuncture is some of my saving grace. So um, I'm still, I haven't tried acupuncture uh, just because I'm so scared of needles. I've already yeah. mentioned that in like previous podcasts, but yeah. they're like, you got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like, for some reason, acupuncture always puts me in this mental calm state that I can instantly meditate, actually. Mm. And if I just sit there like, you know, Indian style or whatever, um, I can't. It's so hard. Yeah. But for some reason, it like forces me to just relax and you just let the thoughts kind of drift in and out. That is really one of the best forms of relaxing for me. Yeah. Do you incorporate any crystals while you relax? Um, I always wear crystals. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, when I go to acupuncture, I don't necessarily have besides the stuff on that I'm wearing. Yeah. Do you have a favorite crystal? It changes a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always, my, my favorite stone ever is an opal. Um, but it's also because I'm a triple Libra. So my moon and my rising and my birth sign is also in Libra and an opal is a Libra stone. So, um, but yeah, I've always been very attracted to opals. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about your hair, skincare, and makeup routine morning to night. Quickly yeah. include products. Oh, <laughs> so hair is very simple. So I usually like take a shower at night and like sleep with it wet <laughs> and like up in a bun. So it, like, cause I have very flat hair mm-hmm. and like in order for it to be beachy, like I'm pretty, pretty, um, uh, California with yeah. it. Um, sometimes I use a beach spray, um, a salt spray, but um, for my skincare. So one of my favorite things, I've been using tons of masks lately. And so I've been getting more, I don't know if you've seen these butt masks that have been coming out. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a company called Body Beauty and oh, I'm yeah. all, <laughs> she just launched these sticks. So yeah. I just tried this charcoal um, butt mastic and I'm all about it like literally but I put it kind of everywhere yeah. um, so I'm very much into that um, anything for deep puffing so I use a lot of products with coffee bean um, in it especially under here mm-hmm. um, yeah and lots of serums I've been using lip oils lately um, but more as like a treatment um, because oils? it kind of dissipates after a while yeah. like I actually use it before I go to bed I feel like lip oils is like this new thing that's like coming out pretty strong and like yeah I, I want like more hybrids because mm-hmm. like I put it on then it's gone and so I'm disappointed is like I don't know because I don't want to just keep going through product um I need something with a little bit more staying powder power so mm-hmm. in order to just feel that I'm getting some nutrients I guess on my skin um but that's just me I'm always sort of trying to push the envelope on formulas that are and you're like I'll just create this yes <laughs> 
Exactly. I'm like, I don't find exactly. anything here. This, this product that I have is not cutting it. Let me just create one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then your makeup is like aether of course yeah i'm always trying everything so um half sometimes it's like when even when i worked at sephora i'd come home sometimes and i would know that i forgot to take something off because my little girl was like oh mommy you look pretty and i'm like "Uh oh did i like i have like one eye shadow purple and Uh. one green like because she was super young when i whatever um and i live in san francisco so like nobody even cares if you're you know your face is all uneven or whatever (laughs) as like normal but um, uh, I'm, we're here in Hollywood. Yes. I think it's the same. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so all the stuff, like even everything I'm trying is always my own stuff. I have tried other stuff in the market lately with other brands, um, but even but the majority of the time it's my stuff just trying to push the envelope and test. I'm always testing. Yeah. Is there yeah. one makeup brand that you're kind of raving about aside from Aether? Like you keep it's coming a back good to? Good question. Um I, you know, I'm really into Tower 28's new lip glosses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just tried one of her like pinky shades. I forget the the color uh-huh. name of it. So I'm really into that. Um, other than that. Yeah. Just very simple. <laughs> yeah. Like a routine. Yeah. Totally. Especially like what you said, like you manage everything. Sometimes you don't even have time. To, you forget. I'm like, okay, yeah. I got to like remember myself and fix myself. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. And then the majority of products I try, I'm always trying to improve upon. So it's just, you know, I know you're being like, a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I could do that a little bit different. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love it. What is something exciting in store for you and our Aether Beauty? Yeah. So really excited because I'm going into Sephora inside JCPenney. Mm. Um, so I'm going in those stores in April. And then I'm launching this guy in April as yeah. well. And then I'm doing a new limited edition highlighter for summer. So wow. a very cool shade is coming down the road. Um, and then I'm really excited for January 2021, but I cannot tell you what it oh, is. Already yet. like yes. a year from now. Oh yeah. I'm already in <sighs> fall 2021 for oh, development. Wow. So it's just crazy how long this stuff takes. Um, but the stuff that the product I'm launching in January, I've been working on for over a year and a half. So I'm very excited for that product to yeah. launch. So since you're sort of, you know, in production ahead of the time, mm-hmm. um, do you worry about trends or what not? Like, for example, like I have to make sure that I'm on trend just so that maybe it applies to what people want nowadays. Sure. And does that worry you? Like, okay, I'm creating, it's already in a sense, like, it might be like a finished product and you're launching it in 2021 but are you somehow worried like it you know might not be on trend or it is on trend so part of my background was trend forecasting mm-hmm. so i worked um in the trend forecasting world in different elements so not just fashion but yeah. like advertising soft goods like all all different worlds so i used to work on trends that were 2 to 3 years out and um that is a whole nother ball game because when you're selling trends that haven't happened yet, it depends on who you're talking to. But um, there's lots of data-driven people in the world, and they just want surveys and data and all this stuff. And there's a lot of people like me who are gut-based um, um, mm. predictors. Um, so it's sort of a balance of both of that. But you can you can really feel what's going to be popular. And like a year to me is nothing. When a product launches, it actually feels old to me because I'm ahead oh, of what sense. I'm doing. Yeah. And usually I've worked on something for so long that 
by the time it launches, it's just, I, yeah, it's just old, but it's always excited to see people get excited about it because it's new to them. But I'm always on the next thing and the next thing. That's just kind of the world I'm in. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So that's so great. I mean, like for you, it's like I'm you're just never like content in a sense, but not in a bad way. I know. No, it's like all I want to do is like like develop and develop makeup, which is kind of crazy, but not in like an over Mm -hmm. launching sort of way. Just I have so much that I can do in this space. I'm very excited to be in clean uh, color um, as well as just building out a whole brand. So it's just exciting. Well, definitely when that product launches, let's, you know, I want you back on Beauty. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Yeah, great. So what are your social channels and where can they find you to learn more about Aether Beauty? Totally. So I'm on Instagram, Aether Beauty Co. Um, Hashtags Good Vibes Beauty and No Sacrifice Beauty. Um, And then I have a website, so Aether Beauty Co. But um, on that website, I actually have a blog too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talk a lot about ingredients, about um, formulation, about packaging, about a lot of issues in the space. So it's a pretty informative blog. So I encourage people to go on there. Um, but then you can find me at all those retailers too. Yeah, that's amazing. Yay. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening or watching. And I surely enjoyed my chat with Tyla. So, I mean, if you have any suggestions on any guests that you want on the podcast or any topics I want to cover or that you want me to cover, make sure to just, you know, reach out to me via DM. It's hellobeauty.la or my personal, which is Joyce Baton MUA. And my email is team at hellobeauty.la. So stay tuned for the next episode and see you soon.